0: Hey guys GBC podcast number twenty eight I'm Courtney Weiss.
1: I'm Shane Blankenship.
0: We missed you last week. Well, I guess you didn't miss Shane because you saw him preaching, but then he went to drill and we couldn't mm-hmm. do this podcast, so miss it per week. yeah, sorry. no, it's good. i just I just always miss it because it kind of keeps me like in alignment (laughs) 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 okay that's sort of what we're talking about today so lately i've been thinking about how closely the enemy can align with the truth Mm -hmm. and i don't mean to say that as in but i think it's easy to um be deceived when even if you're listening to the truth because it could sound so much like something else then you're like well yeah that's exactly what he said, Mm -hmm. and I think we have a really good example of this in the Bible when um, Jesus says, this is kind of funny, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. It's like, well, are we really talking about eating? As a child, I really thought, right? (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. Like, why is he talking about eating my flesh? Mm-hmm. Or me eating his flesh?
1: Which is just, you know, it's cannibalism, and it's gross to think about, and it's weird, and it doesn't sound like Jesus. Well, um, and I'm not
0: the only one that thought that, you know? Well,
1: absolutely. A lot of people walked away. And it, it, here's here's a crazy thing, too, um, that even, even beyond this moment, like after the resurrection, you know, the early church is doing its thing, um, people still believed this about them. So it was something that... Um, it didn't just you know stick with this moment, and you know we read about it in our Bible. It was something that um, r- really the Jews would stir up the Romans with, and then the Romans bought up on ah. to to try to shut down these Christian gatherings. So the, one of the reasons that we know that is under, um, gosh, I'm going to lose the emperor's name now because we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I just thought of it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a guy named Justice, um, um, or Justice is the. Um, the governor of the region. Anyways, whoever was the imp- emperor of Rome at that time was basically saying, "Hey, I want you to go throughout your city, find these Christian gatherings, and sh- and either kill them or shut them down. You know, get because them because they're yeah." So he's because the rumors are out there they're 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 eating flesh and blood, so they're practicing cannibalism. Um, and really, they were taking the Lord's Supper, but you know, this is my body broken for you. Um, this is my uh, the cup of, of of my blood poured out for you. So they were breaking bread together. They were they were they were having that communion moment, but um, they were thinking, oh, it's cannibalistic practices. And so um, there's one particular emperor. I'll, I'll have to look up his name and share it at another podcast. But basically. Um, Sends out some spies to watch to watch these church people oh, wow. because they would gather early in the morning during the week, and so they didn't just go to church every day. They gathered every morning together, and they would sing hymns, sing praise, you know, sing songs, um, pray together, basically listen to a word from a from a, from a teacher or a preacher, you know, whatever at that time, um, and calling them to follow Christ and and give them some specific guidelines for their day for their week. So these soldier spies, if you will, that are watching. Um, you know, take record of all this. The emperor says, kill these people, and um, they reply back with what they're doing, and essentially, the governor, or the commander of the troops in that region was like, are you sure you want to kill these people? Like, I think they're our best citizens, basically. They're like, "Um, they're not doing what people are saying they're doing. They actually get together, they sing some songs, um, they eat some bread and drink some some wow. wine, um, and then they talk about loving your neighbor, and they talk about um, paying your taxes, and they talk about um, caring for your enemies. And basically, the, the this commander governor, you know whatever whatever his specific title was, writes back to the emperor and says, "Are you sure these are the people you want us to arrest and kill? Because they're not doing anything wrong." Um, so it's a you know it's a it's a it's a later you know outside of the Bible example of what they were actually doing. Um, that it's that's been recording in the in the annals of history in in Roman you know Roman artifacts of this first church. So you know, long story to go back to this thing that Jesus starts with the drinking you know my blood and eating my flesh isn't something that just stays in John chapter um, six. It it ends up becoming an issue that the that the Jewish leaders and the Romans try to use. To shut down the movement.
0: Isn't it, and I think it's so interesting, Shane. And of course, you would have the background about this, something that I, I don't have. And so I'm sitting here just going, well, doesn't that apply to us today? Because, like, how many times do we, you know, maybe we watch the news or something and we're like, did that really happen? I, I really don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah. Um, or maybe you're, you know, caught up in a game of like telephone or something and uh-huh. you're like, I, I really don't know what they said. Like, I really don't know what to believe. But how closely the enemy can, like like, have the, I guess parallel the truth Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, the devil's in the details. Like that's, that's where we have to be so aligned with um, God's word and really, I guess that's the right word aligned and you use it all the time when you're preaching to us so that we know the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, Jesus kind of explains himself down here and you pointed this out to me. Otherwise I would not have picked up on it.
1: Yeah. So, so look at verse 56 and we'll kind of come We'll, well, we'll get broad for a minute and then come back to it. But, but verse fifty six in John chapter six um, is something that I think people just kind of they read over this, but they don't they don't hear it maybe the way that I'm I'm, I'm going to try to explain it. Maybe you do, but I I just never have. Um, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Um, I think it would be easy to either just kind of blow right over that that statement, or or be so caught up in the whole eating my flesh and drinking my blood that we really totally. miss what he's saying. Um, but think of this as a definition. So when he says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him, um, ask it this way. Jesus, when you say, eat my flesh and drink my blood, what do you mean by that? And Jesus says, remain in me. Mm-hmm. If you will remain in me, I'll remain in you. Um, the, the, the other word this is often translated is Abide. Um I love that it, it word. means to make your home. It means to to, to, to stay in that place, to to, to dwell there, um, abide, to remain. That's the that's the, the idea. So Jesus essentially is saying, when you abide in me, when you dwell, when your life is wrapped up in me, when your Um, when your identity is wrapped up in my identity, when when you are so in step with me, that's that's what it looks like to be eating my flesh and Mm -hmm. drinking my blood. Um, Think about oneness in that language. Um, you know, you're now you're one with me. Yeah. Um, you, one man- um, yeah, my blood is, is, is in, you know, is, is flowing through your veins. Um, my flesh is, is, is working its way out of your flesh. Um, it's that oneness, that alignment. And that's what Jesus says. That's, that's at the heart of what he's saying to these people who totally miss it. Um, cause many of the disciples deserted him after this. It's a hard teaching, I um, couldn't get past the whole cannibalistic kind of thinking behind the statement. It is a hard concept, um, honestly. In, in for Unless sure.
0: you're like kind of on your guard, I guess, mm-hmm. which I guess he does call us to do that. But you're just kind of like, I would have never, which I mean, I've been around the church long enough to know that he wasn't really talking about that. It's, you know, right. I, I understand that, but I never would have thought like the word remains was kind of like a... Um, like you said definition I also wrote down a line because I do feel like mm-hmm. you always ask us like are we in alignment with God
1: yes and that alignment I think is being um, you know there's no blockage um, keeping us um, there's there's no distraction there's um, that alignment is is that we are resetting ourselves um, mind spirit body soul um, all of that surrendered given over to him um, and you um, it, it, and you know whether it be something that we're listening to or some sin that we're giving ourselves over to, like all those things mess up the alignment. Does yeah, that makes like uh, totally it, it throws it off a little bit. And it's not it's not that you're not saved anymore um, or anything like that. You know if you you know if if you've been saved by God, then you are you are saved by Him totally. But we can mess up the alignment and then miss out on the experience of what He's doing, what He's saying, how He's moving His power. His hope, we can miss out on all that because it's being blocked. Because, you know, we're really not so concerned about his provision for our life. We're trying to provide for ourselves.
0: Well, a couple of weeks ago, you had a powerful. I think it was an email that someone had um, like written to mm-hmm. you, and and it was basically just like one or two words yeah. that was life changing for mm-hmm. them because they had been praying about like mm-hmm. a sign, not a sign, but just like a word from God, and it mm-hmm. ended up coming through your um, message. Mm-hmm. And so I myself have a very small. Story, but I've been in the Psalms um, recently, and somewhere in the Psalms, I'm not really sure, but it said to keep your vessel clean. You know, I mean, like the Bible kind of always does talk in like these um, like parables and stories, and sometimes it goes over my head. But I kind of thought, keep your vessel clean, like that's a good rule of life. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of just. Be cleansed of all of the outside stuff so that when you're seeking God that you aren't distracted. And I just took that word from you. Well, then I was listening to somebody else's podcast, which does not go with what I was just saying. (laughs) But um, at the end, she was praying. And do you know that she said the exact same Mm -hmm. thing? She said, Mm -hmm. you know, Lord God, please help us to keep our vessels clean. And I was like, well, that was for me that was for me and here's the thing it doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol and pornography that we're talking about right it can be like listening to a friend that may not have godly advice yeah i'm not saying it's your friend um what else could it be uh you know working at going to the gym too much working out too much i mean i don't i'm trying to think of things like in my life um listening to the Mm -hmm. news too much and just being like listen i'm just gonna let god handle this Mm -hmm. um so just kind of you said clogging the artery and i think that was a great way to put Mm -hmm. it if you don't like the whole like keeping your vessel clean but it stands in the way of hearing god's voice which he said my sheep will hear my voice absolutely we'll that's, that's
1: voice. language that's all about the psalms i mean you you see that kind of stuff um you know that, that that concept of keep your vessel clean but it plays out in a bunch of different ways um and you see it in the proverbs too uh, and so there's there's wisdom in that and god works in that and um we, we need like, that's necessary if we're going to be paying attention to what is from God and what's not.
0: Discernment. Um, I always pray yes. for discernment because, like, per, like personally, and I know I'm not the only one out there, Shane. I'm an overthinker. Mm-hmm. I'll think about something to death. I'll think about it until the day I die.
1: So, so somebody told me one time, um, and this is a real story. This isn't a preacher illustration, um, that... They were making a decision, and I'm not going to get specific because you, know, you never know who's, who's listening on this. Oh, <laughs> they're protect listening. It. Um, and I, I obviously haven't. I've, actually, I've never talked to them about this. It was just an observation I made. Oh. Um, and when it comes to discernment and thinking through things, like mm-hmm. this, you got to really be paying attention because this person was about to make a decision off of what a drunk person told them that they had no idea. But they but talk about like a, like hearing that key word or whatever. Oh, yeah. They said something that they had been thinking about. And they go, what's well, a sign from God? And luckily for them, it didn't work out. Like it, did, it didn't happen. But they were telling me about it. And I'm like, what if it's not? What if it's a sign from the enemy? What if what if this is the enemy pulling you away? That's a good point. Um, and he's... And he already knows what you've been thinking about, or, he, you know, the enemy doesn't know what you've been thinking about, but he's heard you talk about this, um, you know, there's he sees this... sees your actions. That's right. Or you've been writing about it, or you've been having conversations about it, so he's... And and, and know that maybe that's this is a temptation in, in, the, in something that's going to, you know, redirect your path from where, where God has you, um, and threw that out there, and it seems holy, and it seems like, oh, God was working through that, but... If you take the context of the situation, the 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 man was apparently drunk who made the comment, um, or gave the advice or whatever, and you don't even, you didn't even know who he was. So, yeah, maybe it could be God, but show me where else in Scripture where that even lines up. But but it also could be the devil because the devil, in order to deceive us. Um, he doesn't throw out far-fetched things.
0: Well, no. And and I think just to back up exactly what you just said, like let's just read this again. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Okay, so if this is way back when, you know, this is not like modern culture, mm-hmm. how easy is it for some general of an army or you said an emperor to say <laughs> yeah. like, okay, these people need to go somewhere. They're mm-hmm. eating each other. This is weird. We mm-hmm. don't do this. I mean, so how closely aligned is the enemy? Like he's smart.
1: Well, well, even, even thinking about that culture, the, those cultural lines. I mean, there are some, um, there are some people groups back in this time um, that you know Rome would have still seen it as an abomination, but but they are practicing cannibalism, um, and so you know we read it and think, oh my gosh, because like, whoa. You know, it's so far removed from our culture. Right. But in that moment of time, there actually are cultures that practice this thing. Um, and we see it even in the Old Testament, you know, where they're, where, where they're an abomination to God. So for Jesus to be talking that they are getting a picture that... Um, that we don't automatically get. Of course, we're on the other side of the resurrection. So when we read that, we go, okay, I know he cannot possibly be talking about this. No, but you can always,
0: you always give us context. You always give us like the historical uh, picture of the time. And I think just like um, backing it up or, moving it forward to where we are now I just keep thinking of like how like cunning the enemy is Mm -hmm. and how closely tied he is with the truth and it's it's hard to have the discernment it's hard not to overthink things um to your story about you know the drunk person (laughs) and even to mine I mean I'm kind of embarrassed I'm like well I heard it twice keep my vessel clean it must be from God I mean I did the same thing didn't I Um, yeah
1: but again I don't know what the podcast was or the situation and I think well that's not terrible advice is to keep uh, your vessel clean yeah that's That's not bad advice. Um, this wasn't exactly along those lines. Right, right, this was. Right. This is like, uh, hey, this is going to be a life change for me. Yeah, um, I understand. You know, yeah. I've been thinking about getting a divorce. This wasn't the the situation, and then this person told me, you should get a divorce. Um, just, <laughs> it must just, be from God. No, I don't do think it. so. I yeah. mean, look through The scripture is probably not, not from God. Well, um, it
0: just made me think twice, Shane, about like clouding, like what's clouding my vision? Mm-hmm. What's clouding my hearing? Like what's clouding my heart? And it, it can be really, like I said, as simple as talking on the phone too much. Yeah. Talking to your mom too much. And it's not like your mama is giving you bad advice. It's just that you're, being cluttered with other people's words which I think can obstruct like you maybe maybe that's taking the place of turning on some praise music in the kitchen while you're cooking or whatever and that's kind of like your time with God rather you're on the phone with your mom just talking about like whatever and so I think Mm. for me I was just kind of like I really need to step back and think what is obstructing my view, or what's obstructing whatever I'm not being aligned with.
1: Yeah, th- I think there's, here, here's a maybe even a better example. So if you think about Jesus' um, temptation um, in the desert, when he goes, so he's fasting for forty days and forty nights. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to leave all the details out for a moment, you know, towards the end of that um, that that time, Satan shows up. Um, the tempter comes to him go and begins Satan. to and begins to tempt him. Well, um, before the go home Satan or, or leave me or or be gone or you know whatever translation that you're using, um, the temptations are always with scripture. Each temptation is for it says it is written, and then he quotes a passage of scripture, and then Jesus turns it right around and says, "Yeah, but um, it also says this," um, and so. Just, when, when you look at the when you look at deception, what Satan is doing is twisting the truth. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what he's doing. What
0: I think of him um, doing because that's what it
1: would require. You know, if it if if you could totally call it out and go, all right, that's that's that that's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see it like that, if it's that blatant, and obvious, then you're not going to be deceived by it. Um, so he's crafty in that, and the he is scripture, crafty. the scripture, you know, speaks to that. the The serpent is is a is a crafty it's a devil.
0: Well, so we know we have to be on guard, right? Mm-hmm. But let's take a far right turn. I always think that people like to like get to know you better, mm-hmm. and I love that this is one of the, your favorite things. This chord is in the way um, that John said, like in in this passage. Uh-huh. We're sitting here talking about, you know. Um, eating the bread and the wine Mm -hmm. as it is you know Jesus and what he's talking about is like your spirit the spirit gives life Mm -hmm. the flesh counts for nothing well why don't you read to us what he says that's so profound for you
1: yeah so at the end of this at the end of this um you know discussion so Jesus is at Capernaum and he's teaching in the synagogue there and um after he gets done with his teaching, a lot of people just, they get up and they walk away um, because it's too hard for them. They can't, they can't. And, it, and matter of fact, the, the, absolutely. In verse um, 66, it says, from this time, many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And then Jesus turns to the 12. So, you know, these are specific disciples. These are the, you know, ones that we often refer to as the disciples, but Jesus had way more than just the 12. But he turns to the 12, he says, you don't want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. And then Simon Peter's answer here is my favorite thing that Peter says. and, and Oops, like, I said John, but yeah. Okay. Well, well, John's writing it down. It's, it's recorded by John, okay. so you're right. Um, but this, this is something that Peter says. And yeah, out, out of all Peter's replies and responses, even the one where he goes, oh, you're the Christ, the Son of God, and Jesus says, you're right. You know, the, the Holy Spirit's revealed this to you. This, though, is my favorite thing. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. All these people are walking away from Jesus. He's just spoken this unbelievably hard thing to understand and to be able to receive, and that's why they walk away. And Jesus looks at the twelve and says, "Y'all don't want to leave, two do you?" And Peter speaks up because he usually does, but he says the most awesome thing: "To whom? Whom shall we go? Like what?" Jesus, I don't really understand what you're saying right now.
0: Like you're kind of talking crazy. But where
1: else are we going to go? Like I I don't know if I get this, but you just walked on the water and we saw that.
0: Well, it kind of makes me think like you're still it. I I've, I've seen what you can do. Like yes. You're still it, but this is weird.
1: Yeah. I've, you know, I'm I'm I'm, you know, I can't deny what you what you just did. I saw it with my own eyes and then, you know, a few hours earlier you fed those 5,000 plus people with the know the the five loaves of bread and two small fish and we got to be a part of that and then i think back to the healing Mm -hmm. of the invalid and i think back to the healing of the the royal official son and you weren't even there you just spoke words and you changed that kid's life forever and then Mm -hmm. i go back to the changing of the water to wine and in all of that i'm just i know i know what you can do you got to be the holy one of god it is a hard thing i don't get it but ultimately where else are we going to go like where else are, who are we gonna turn to? What else are we gonna do if we don't follow you? Which I think is just a profound statement. What else are we gonna do?
0: Well, it is, and I, I I love that you pointed that out to me before the podcast started. And maybe that's something for you while you're praying. Maybe you're in the middle of a storm, proverbial, and you're like, I don't, I know, I know what you can do. I know what you're capable mm. of, and I know what I've seen you do. Um, but God, I'm still coming to you. Like uh, here I am. Mm. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and keep going back to him, because um, I think that's that's part of the power behind that statement is um, I could go a lot of different directions,
0: but I'm here and like Lord, like who else am I going to go to? Yeah, like, you're it. I what what it. really
1: is better? Yeah. You know, and uh, if we could ever get to a place, I think maybe where we weren't convinced that something else was better, it'd be easier to stay, it'd be easier to to, to abide. Easier I to remain. just going
0: to say, <laughs> remains, abide, align. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, I hope that this was a word for somebody. We have been reading in um, and John, and, and Shane has been preaching about the miracles. Mm-hmm. And so this Sunday, we have probably one of the biggest ones, right? The, the most famous, would you it's, say? It's uh, definitely
1: one of the most famous. I mean, it's Jesus walking on water. So, I think it's uh, the most you know,
0: famous.
1: You know, even people who don't know Didn't who Jesus, Jesus is can make comments like, you know, well, I ain't seen you walk on water or something like that, yeah. you know, about perfection. Um, but um, but yeah, that's coming up this Sunday. It's the fifth sign, I think, um, uh, in the Gospel of John.
0: Well, listen, if you haven't yet tuned in, um, if you're an online watcher or come uh, to church at GBC, Shane always does a really good job about giving you more than you think that he's going to. I mean, I've, I've heard, who hasn't heard? Somebody preaching about Jesus walking on water. I'm thirty eight. I've been hearing it for probably thirty eight years. Right. I mean, you know, right, yeah. but I I always feel like I'm listening to you and the historical context that you give us always I guess paints the picture maybe a little bit more clearly or brighter. So at the very least, you're gonna learn something. Thank you. So come come to see us on Sunday or just listen. Online mm-hmm. at our um, YouTube channel, I, I can't I can't imagine that it's going to be any different from the past miracles or any of his last messages that are always just like eye-opening.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. I, I mean, I hope so. I've enjoyed this series. Um, and I, I mentioned that in our Bible study last night. it's been um, it's it's been it's been eye-opening for me, you know, just to be able to study it and study it in the in the the context that that um, that we're going through it right now, because when it comes to the signs, and um, the miracles, I mean, I've probably preached every single one of them from the Gospel of John.
0: like several times.
1: Yeah, several times over 20-something years. But being able to go through them um, in sequence as they occur in the Gospel of John. And, and, I mean, you know, any scholar paying attention will know that all the, the signs and all the miracles are really about one thing revealing who He is. Mm-hmm. Um, the details change. You know, some of the takeaways change out of it. Totally. But, but some of the takeaways that have become a theme, I guess I just never would have seen it that way you know
0: well one of the themes for me and this might be like this this small compared to what you meant for it to be but yeah. I think we've talked about in the podcast before I think we had one devoted just to like how God can take something I think it was Mary so that mm-hmm. seemingly like so insignificant and make it this huge thing <laughs> yeah. well when you were talking about the last miracle you know we were talking about um the little boy had a, a basket full of bread or whatever yeah. and you were like the barley loaves yeah the barley loaves like it was it's not like a baguette they wasn't yeah. this huge and that's what because i was it's like french bread yeah i mean and not that it really matters because you still can't feed five thousand people with right. that but that shane was like a he took it from a little boy and like <laughs> you know they he uh, children sometimes can seem insignificant you know mm-hmm. maybe they feel like they're not important in, in, in this context and so that stood out to me and then the fact that like a barley loaf was as big as like, a biscuit yeah and so Jesus it's like over and over and over again he teaches us and sometimes we just forget to see it that he can make something out of nothing mm-hmm. yeah that was what I yep. took
1: it's, and that's that's one, one of my themes is, is the, or that standing out to me is the whole idea of God providing and supplying. Um, like that, at least in these first five miracles, you you see that over and over yeah. again. He it's, will provide. He will supply.
0: It's been hey. Listen, if we haven't sold you yet, then you're not coming to church. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you for listening, guys.
1: All right, we'll see you next time.
0: Bye.